Hey, welcome to Music Made Me, the TuneCore podcast. I'm Kevin Cornell, and before we introduce this week's guest, uh, we are excited to announce that the next few months, uh, if you haven't already heard, our artists are heading to reach a billion dollars in download and streaming revenue since TuneCore launched in 2006. So to celebrate, um, all the episodes this summer will be dedicated to helping you uh, kind of turn your music into a more sustainable, thriving career. Uh, this week, we're going to be focusing on crowdsourcing or, you know, funding a specific project through donations from supporters and fans. Uh, and with us to talk about this subject is Ariel Hyatt. You may have seen Ariel on our TuneCore social educational video series. Ariel is the founder of Cyber PR, a uh, boutique PR firm based in Brooklyn. Her agency places clients on blogs and podcasts, establishes their brands and advises on how to create online influence. So she's spoken in 12 countries to over... 100,000 creative entrepreneurs, and is the author of four best-selling books on social media, marketing, and crowdfunding, actually, including Cyber PR for Musicians and Music Success in Nine Weeks. Uh, her newest book, CrowdStart, The Ultimate Guide to Powerful and Profitable Crowdfunding Campaign, went to number one on Amazon, both the investing and entre entrepreneurship categories, and we're very excited to have you here. Hello, Ariel. Hello. Uh, cool. So first and foremost, I guess maybe just let the listeners uh, know a little bit more about, you know, what sort of services Cyber PR specializes in for artists and what, you know, in your in your clients' careers kind of drove you to write this latest book on crowdfunding. Cyber PR started when I was 23 years old after having been fired from a major concert promotion company as a PR firm um, just for musicians. And I can't believe it's 22 years later. And still to this day, um, the agency serves mostly musicians and music industry related people. Um, and we do something that's a bit different. I always kind of bristle at the idea of being called a publicist. We do digital publicity indeed, but there is so much more that you need to have done for you as an independent artist or as a signed artist as any artist. Um, and so my agency does three things and they all kind of dovetail together. PR, of course, getting you on blogs. And then we also do a heck of a lot of social media coaching. So we help our artists really understand how to use social effectively. And the third thing we do is we write long-term plans because we realize that in today's day and age, a lot of artists don't have plans. They hire a radio promoter or they hire a marketing company to help them with a brand or they hire PR, but that's not a 12-month plan. And when you have a long-term plan, obviously releasing and touring and things that cost money come into that plan, and that's where the crowdfunding comes in. Um, so I, several years ago now, about three years ago, did my own crowdfunding campaign after having coached a lot of artists through it and realized it is not as easy as people think. And um, it was the worst 30 days of my life, pretty much. So I wrote CrowdStart as a, it's kind of amalgamation of my own personal experience doing it, and then obviously coaching a lot of our clients and um, through it and to varying degrees of success. And there's a lot to talk about on that front. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a pretty good introduction in terms of, uh, you know, anyone who's listening that at this point in 2017, obviously has been either invited to contribute, uh, has been 
actively supporting uh, either their peers or maybe a project they're passionate about, uh, you know, as a fan. So we all sort of know what it feels like to be on one side of it. But, to, you know, your point, it being a rough 30 days, um, you know, you've mentioned, you know, and I should mention this is not the first time I've talked to Ariel about crowdfunding. We uh, have a great interview up on our blog when the book came out. Um, but this is going to be a little bit more of an exploratory dive. Uh, so, but when we ta- when we talked last, you mentioned that you know folks who want to crowdfund a project can be misled by those epic success stories you hear about in the media. Because let's face it, usually when we're hearing about a crowdfunding campaign, it's not a failed one. Um, what's a good reality check for independent artists who are looking to kind of jump into this? Yeah. So for those of us that you know gave to Tribe Called Quest's campaign last couple months ago, it doesn't always hit the million mark or I think still the poster child is Amanda Palmer. Sure. Um, Two core artists, by the way. Yay. Of course. So the average crowdfunding campaign gets $7,000. So that's, that's just sort of a statistic that I, I arrived back at over and over in my book because I think it's important to understand that the average person has a capability with the people that they know of raising $7,000. So just because you want 50,000 or 100,000 or more, it does not necessarily mean that you have the the largest, you know, you need to have a crowd to do that. No sure. crowd, no crowdfunding. Um, so that is something that I like to start with because I think, yes, we do look at these huge successful campaigns that get in the media or they're artists we love or they're artists like Amanda that had 40,000 people on their email list to begin with. When you start with a number like that, I had 20,000 people on my mailing list and I had emailed religiously every week since 2007 and I managed to raise $50,000. So that's just a, there's a reference point. That's awesome. I mean, it's also very impressive, but I guess I was like, aside from just stats associated with crowdfunding, um, and you talk about this in your book, but you know, what did you think are some of the key elements, you know, a few, a few key elements to keep in mind, um, that artists definitely overlook when they maybe jump into this uh, for the first time? It doesn't come out of nowhere. So you have got to spend a lot of time doing things. I know a lot of artists hate because I have an agency and we get paid really well to do this. And that's not sucking on social media. Yep. Um, and as you know, I talked to so many artists that hate it or they struggle with it or they don't know what to say. You really need to way before your crowdfunding campaign begin to understand how to use it, how to interact with fans. You absolutely need to be building a mailing list and using it, not just building it and being scared that you're going to annoy people if you send your email newsletter and also taking off your artist hat, because I think a lot of artists see other artists and they don't like their newsletters or they don't like the way they use social media. You, that's not your audience. I mean, unless you're doing some sort of like super technical guitar (laughs) prog rock, then maybe musicians are totally your audience, but normally you have an audience of fans and they're not getting 50 email newsletters a month and they're not, you know, they're only getting maybe yours and some other, you know, and they signed up, they signed up, they want, this information from you. So get good at that. And there's so many resources out there. You can study how to write good copy or how to, you know, and just be yourself, be witty, send regular newsletters, build that list. Don't be shy about adding people. That'll, that's a really good thing to start doing way in advance of any kind of crowdfunding. Yeah. And I mean, that's something we, we try to, you know, drive home to our artists of different career levels. You know, obviously social media presence isn't 
you know, the only part of the battle. It's about being on there and, you know, starting to understand your fans better. And, uh, we definitely try to hype up the use of email marketing. Um, and that sounds so lame, but it's super valuable and it's something you can do when you get them right after a show and they're really excited about you. And I'm, you know, I'm personally only a member of so many lists, but I appreciate when they're well done or well written and, you know, at least spaced out enough. Um, but I guess aside from that, if we're being real, you know, Aside from social numbers or email list numbers, what do you think are some basic accomplishments or at least career milestones that an artist should have maybe already hit or is approaching before they, you know, consider jumping into a campaign? Because it's like you were saying, without a crowd, there's no crowdfunding. Right. So there's kind of two interesting schools of thought on this. You know, one is the friends and family school of thought. And I remember um, when I, I coached an artist through a crowdfunding campaign many, many years ago, on Rocket Hub, which unfortunately is not a platform anymore, but it was founded by a wonderful friend of mine named Brian Meese. And we were looking at the campaign after it had colossally failed. And I asked Brian, you know, what went wrong here? And he said, I knew this campaign wasn't going to go well. And I said, why? And he said, because I can always see in the first week of a campaign the last name of the artist matches up with the last names of some of the earliest contributors, meaning husbands, wives, mothers, fathers, cousins, uncles, aunts, brothers, sisters, friends, people in your immediate family. Mm -hmm. And if you think about it, when I did my crowdfunding campaign, my mother had never purchased one of my books or <laughs> come to pay to see me speak at South by Southwest. They were delighted. My godparents were delighted to give me a couple hundred sure. bucks, you know, so don't overlook the friends and family thing. I think also like music is free now. People got Spotify, people, you know, yep. streaming all day long. People aren't doing what they used to do. It's now annoying pretty much for a lot of people to even get a CD. So people don't have the opportunity to give you money. So that's one school of thought is, is leverage your friends, your family, your coworkers, the people you play softball with or go to church with or you really your sure. community. Um, and then the other side of that is, do you really have a fan base and is it sticky? And by sticky, I mean, do they respond? Do they come out to your shows? Um, that's, that's who you're going to call upon in either scenario. And you also have to be quite strategic about this. I, I think a lot of people, I don't think I know this, that you put it on Twitter and you throw it up on Facebook and you make your Kickstarter or your Indiegogo page. And then you think like, the world noticed. No, sure. they, they didn't. <laughs> Blip they, in the radar. Nobody noticed. Nobody notices anything. How could you? So you have to be strategic about that. And you, I, in my book, I actually talk about how to, how to do this. Um, how to f identify your VIPs and make sure they, they didn't miss that Facebook post or that tweet or that one newsletter you sent out. And, uh, you know, that all sort of, um, Sounds like some research you can do internally within your own base. But, you know, do you recommend any other uh, steps of research that I should take uh, when preparing their campaign? Yeah. Look at other crowdfunding campaigns. I <laughs> I coach a lot of artists and they're like, we're going to give away a lyric sheet and a signed Tight. CD. And, you know, I mean, okay, I would buy a lyric sheet from maybe like Q-tip, but I probably am not buying a handwritten lyric sheet from a good friend of mine. It's right. probably going to clutter up my office. But I would love to maybe drink rosé with her sure. or go bowling or, I don't know, something fun. One of one of our clients did um, a cooking, like she did a cooking thing where she would come to your house, cook you dinner, and then do a performance 
I certainly would pay for something like that. So don't be boring when you're beginning right. to piece together your crowdfunding campaign. Get creative. You know, I had an idea for a band and I was like, take take everyone on a pub crawl around your hometown. And they're like, well, half of us don't drink. I'm like, great, take them on a coffee crawl. I mean, come on, think of something um, to really diversify and make that campaign interesting. Make people want to buy not a lyric sheet. Sure. That actually sort of jumps into a question I had anyway, talking about incentives. Uh, obviously, we've just gone over how important they are to the campaign, but um, are there any other sort of incentives that come to mind that you've seen as the most successful when, you know, I guess outside of the, the crazy original ones, but just some general incentives that people can realistically kind of get their heads around that have been particularly successful? Yeah. So we worked um, years ago um, with Antigone Rising. We've been around a long time. They're fabulous. And Antigone has done three or four crowdfunding campaigns. They, they tend to do them often because they, frankly, need to do them to keep themselves vibrant and alive. Sure. And two tiers that always sell out instantly on their crowdfunding campaigns are ones that I've seen a lot of artists use. One is they have a mystery box. And it's 75 bucks, and you don't know what's going to be in it. It could be like an artifact from like an old tour. And they toured with the Rolling Stones and with okay. some other cool bands. So they, they put fun things in. Um, or it could be like a knickknack from around their house. Or it's something or an sure. old piece of merch. Or it's fun. Yeah. And so what's great about that is the fans get the mystery box, and then they're posting photos on social media and tying in the band. And that's, that's, been, that's been something that has worked really well for them. Another thing that they did is they do the gas me up, which is when you're on the, when they're on the road, a fan pays for a full tank of gas for their (laughs) van and they make a video of them like gassing up and they talk to the person that did the donation and they like hold up whatever snack they bought at the, at the little, at the grocery store and at the, and they make a video and they send it to that artist. So, um, another one of my clients, the Dead 27s, did something really cool. They um, sold a happy birthday message on Facebook. So I bought one for my husband. Okay. And on his birthday, the band was queued up on his Facebook page, all singing and doing an acoustic <laughs> version. They sang him happy birthday right on his That's page. That's awesome. And it's fun and easy. And yeah. it's funny. I'd forgotten that I had done that. Oh, you better. And it was like six months later. It was his birthday. And he was like, what's going on on my Facebook page? So, you know, there is something you can do really, really easily. Um, just create a calendar, record a bunch of happy birthdays. Sure. And then schedule them for the day of the person's birthday and surprise them with your crowdfunding perk. I like that. It's, it's something like you were saying you can do in your downtime. You don't have to, it doesn't have to be in the moment. So, um, on the other side of that, in terms of, uh, you know, you know, you mentioned video and stuff like that. It immediately brings up the topic of, you know, what kind of content curation you should be doing along the way, which is, I think, I mean, you're probably seeing less of now, but at least in probably in the earlier days of crowdfunding, you had uh, people who would set their thing up and kind of just let it hang out. They wouldn't necessarily engage or provide any level of, uh, you know, whether it's video, audio, just general updates. Uh, why do you think this is important? What do you think are some, you know, particularly cool examples you've seen? And, you know, I hate to say it, but how hard do artists have to work to make this effective? Don't think of doing anything else for these 30 days. Okay. Okay, so if you think this is like set it and forget it like you just said you are so wrong this is a full-on sales campaign do not 
think it's not. And, you know, sales, say, say the word sales to a musician and watch them vomit. You know, it's not a happy word. Um, but you are on a sales campaign, even though it's perks or it's fun, happy time. You're selling these cool things. You're selling again. You are asking people for money. Yeah. So don't be on vacation. Don't be out of the country. Don't be having a day job with a really serious, strenuous deadline those 30 days. Don't be doing this anytime near Christmas um, or in deep August when people are like at the beach and about to, you know, spend all their money getting their kids back to school, depending on your demo. But I've seen mistakes like this so much. So just be mindful. And then you really do need 30 days and Go on Facebook Live. Talk about what it's feeling like. That's a great way to get people. Um, do Snapchat if that's your thing. Do Instagram Live. You know, make sure that you're consistently updating on socials. Um, you got to stay. You got to put the pedal to the metal. And the first seven days are crucial. Um, still, uh, more stats. Is that where the drive comes from? That's where the drive comes from. So. The first seven days, you should be at around 30% or you're probably going to fail at getting to a hundred. So those first seven days, you're going to, you might feel like a carnival barker. You might feel stressed out of your mind that you're really asking. You feel like you're asking until you've asked no more. But those, those first seven days are crucial. And that's when texting the people that maybe aren't checking Facebook or making Oh my God, the phone, pick up the phone, use the phone. Um, these are all things that you can do to actually ensure that it's going to go well. And as long as we're talking about, um, you know, promoting this on social, we've, you know, talked about having your social media game or presence tightened up before you go into this. But, um, we kind of talked about the do's. What are some of the don'ts of, of promoting this on social and, and trying to interact? Sort of like if you're online dating, it's the same don'ts. Don't appear desperate. Sure. <laughs> you know, don't um, don't just shout into the void. Like, you have to come up with clever ways to ask. You have to come up with leading questions. You have to show a little of yourself and be vulnerable. You can't just post, give me money, give me money, give me money, sure. get for 30 days. You will exhaust people. And you know what? You're going to exhaust someone and... Uh, who cares about them? Right. Don't worry about that hypersensitive person. Let them unfollow you. Sure. Um, but you definitely want to, that's why you want to mix it up, right? So make memes or <laughs> make funny videos. Yeah. I mean, there's plenty of things that you can do to make it amusing or interesting or deep for people. In my book, I talk about, you know, telling your story. Like it was horrifying crowdfunding. And finally, in like somewhere in halfway through, I was like, I'm never going to make this call and I'm just going to share how awful this feels. And I wrote a blog post about it, about like how stressful it was and why I was doing it in the first place. Cause it's never really for any of us about just, I want to make an album and put it out. It's, I want to make an album because my music is moving people, touching people, inspiring people, making people come together. It's political. You have a reason. It's joyful. It's, it's whatever it is. Add that to your messaging. Why do you do this? People, when people can connect with the why and the story, they're going to reach into their pockets 10 times more than just give me money, give me money. We have a new album coming. Cause yeah. that, that's not what people care about. Yeah. I mean, sales and marketing are as old as anything else, obviously, but crowdfunding and, you know, doing this online and via social media is all still relatively new. So, I mean, it's, it's important. And, you know, it, it, to your point of getting over that, that, hump of feeling like you're asking too much you wrote uh, and we we talked about this a little bit in the last interview we did on the blog but uh you talk 
in your book about the importance of silencing that character that you referred to as a little nasty. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah. So the minute you press start on your crowdfunding campaign, the little voice inside your head, it's the same one that when you're on stage and you get off stage and it goes, you missed the second verse. You look like a moron. That voice that's like, no one liked what you just did because that one idiot in the front row was talking or oh, you, mean, you mean me walking off a subway every day i mean it's that little voice that's like your little i call it little nasty because mine says super nasty things <laughs> to me um so that little voice starts screaming when sure. when you start your crowdfunding campaign oh who do you think you are asking for twenty thousand right. dollars you know whatever it's saying it's not cute mm-hmm. um and then everything becomes offensive you know my best friend that didn't give me money because it turned out he didn't see the post. I was like offended. I, I thought he offended him. Right. Then there was my cousin. My little voice was going, your cousin Jill thinks you're an idiot for asking for money. No, she just literally runs a really <laughs> huge business and was busy. So um, that little voice needs to be quelled and quell it with TED Talks, quell it with hot bubble baths, quell it with the most positive friend you have and hanging out, quell it with a coach, quell it with anyone who inspires you because there's also external voices that will come. Sure. My own mother was like horrified that I was asking for money. It was embarrassing. <laughs> and um, she, she had me over to her house. She said, well, why, why didn't you just, I, I could have given you the, the money. I was like, no, it's not about <laughs> asking you for $50,000. What are you talking about? Uh. So it's, that will happen too. It's like, and then, of course, there's musicians and there's people, and yes, they've been asked one too many times, and it's not for them, and sure. that's it's totally fine. They yeah. don't, not everybody needs to give you the money, just the right people. Of course, and I think um, I think everyone knows, you know, at this point, sort of what their what their elasticity is around getting involved versus, you know, okay, I have this friend, I can't get. It's like we're not going to break up as friends. Um, and we, you know, when we talk about anything sort of DIY, which this is a great example of everything that is that DIY stands for, really, your fundraising for yourself, for your project, um, there tends to be sort of like a going alone attitude that artists take. Uh, do you think it's best to avoid this when building and supporting your campaign? A hundred percent. There's actually, again, back to stats, there's a lot of studies that show that when a team does a crowdfunding campaign as opposed to a single person, it goes better. In my case, I asked um, John Ostro, who's now the head of sales at Bands in Town. He was working for me at the time. Um, he was like my accountability partner. He was in my office every day working with me. So I was like, he was like my dude. Yeah. And every day he would be like, did we do it? Did we post on Twitter? Did we get it on Facebook? You know, what's, what's the messaging? It was so helpful to have someone with, to help me with the, the steps. Um, so get a partner. Obviously a bandmate would be great, but sure. if you can't find that, Definitely. Even if you have to hire someone, sure. you know, um, the other thing I recommend for me, it was Derek Sivers. Am I allowed to say that on a TuneCore podcast? I suppose. Okay. Yeah. So he's a, he's a friend and you know, I would call him when I was feeling horrible. He's a friend that's been very enthusiastic for many years and, and a good friend and positive. So get one of those friends. Sure. Um, don't get the naysayers or the people that, right. that are rolling their eyes or, you know, get someone who's really positive and smart. No one you should have to sort of convince. So before we wrap up, I want to throw two quick scenarios at you. Um, all right. Scenario one, an artist is halfway through their campaign and, you know, they're getting kind of nervous about hitting their goal. What advice, what quick advice do you have to offer to uh, keep high spirits and boost momentum? High spirits. I think we just covered. Sure. Talk to positive people. Ted talks. Um, Rosé, 
you know, whatever you need to do to kind of... Rosé versus scotch, right? Right, scotch. <laughs> scotch is good. Maybe tequila. <laughs> anyway, you know what I mean? Like, do things that are soothing to yourself. So get yourself in a positive frame. Um, and then you got to pick up the phone. Sure. Pick it up. Like a politician. Yep. It's. I mean, think about all your favorite charities. My phone these days has been ringing a lot lately yeah. because... They need us. And right. it, it's not annoying at all when the ACLU comes a calling. Mm-hmm. Right? So um, that's how the big boys do it. Take yeah, a page from mentality. them. mentality. So yeah, pick up the phone and even texting. You know, just anything that cuts through the noise. People are not seeing. They're not seeing what you think they're seeing. Sure. Okay. Scenario two. An artist just hit their goal. Congrats. Um, what are some important follow-up or wrap-up tips that I think or that you think maybe artists uh, overlook? Okay, first thing, show appreciation. Yes. Um, I can't believe it. I made it. A, a meme, balloons, whatever it takes. <laughs> Appreciate those people. They're, Small fireworks display. Wh- yes, absolutely. That's Got it. you know exactly. Do that, um, and then stay in touch because a lot of the times those t-shirts didn't come in, or right. the vinyl pressing got delayed, or whatever it is. There's a another stat, like a vast majority of perk based things don't come in on time or you had to re-record something it happens stay in touch hey guys so sorry you thought you'd have it but you don't have it yet i'm just staying in touch about this and that goes a long way and i and it's one of the few instances where you kind of see any bad pr around a, a, a um a higher profile campaign is when you go on their facebook page you go on their their kickstarter page and there are people like where's my t-shirt where's my xyz right, yeah. right. and that, i mean that's why pledge doesn't give you all your money until right. you actually deliver the yeah. goods they had reason for that. I yeah. think it, too many people were complaining. So just stay in touch. Be honest. Pe- no one's like dying for that T-shirt. Sure. And if they are, go bowling, throw yeah. a party, yeah. pub crawl, go coffee d- crawl. Go hand deliver that right. shirt. Do, right. you know, do a hang, whatever you need to right. do. But just be transparent. Okay, very cool. Well, we, we do have to wrap up now. Um, but I wanted to give you a chance to plug away social media, website, anything that you have coming up, going down. What's up? Sure. So for those of you that are interested in CrowdStart, you can come and download the first chapter for free, arielhyatt.com, <laughs> and you'll see it right there on the website. Um, if you're interested in having us work with you in some form or fashion, you can come to cyberprmusic.com. There's 300 plus articles about how to get better at lots of stuff. Plus, come say hi if you want to schedule a call with me. Hit them up. They're our friends. Um, and be sure to hop on the tunecore.com slash blog and look up our interview with Ariel from, I think it was October. I it was. Say. Yeah, October when the book dropped. Uh, very informative as well if you weren't taking notes during this. Um, and please do not forget to subscribe to Music Made Me, the TuneCore podcast. Uh, rate us on iTunes. Follow us on social media. We're at TuneCore all across the board. Uh, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks, Ariel. Thank you.